You're listening to The One Pridecast. Hello and welcome to another episode of The One Pridecast. I'm your host, Tori Petri. That's Mike O'Hara on the other line. Mike, happy last day of 2020 to you. Uh, you know what? I've never been happier to say goodbye to a year <laughs> in my life. Maybe when I got out of the Army a million years ago. But, <laughs> but no, it's been... It, it's. It, Look, I have no complaints, you know, people have it a lot worse than I do, but boy, what a what a trudge. Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say this has been a pretty crappy year, and most of us are pretty happy to see it go. Uh, you know, it's just been uh, one weird situation after another. Uh, things might not change on January 1st, 2021, but at least we'll be out of 2020, and that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to look over my shoulder as we pull away from 2020. I'm going to look ahead. <laughs> What are your New Year's traditions? What do you usually do, Mike? Well, they've changed in the last several years. I don't do what I used to do. <laughs> I'm glad I lived through all of that, but it's just quiet. <laughs> I have dinner with a couple of friends tonight and, and uh, you know, get home in time to uh, fall asleep before the before the excitement begins. Not that there will be. I don't imagine they're going to have the big thing in Times Square and all that, but I'm sure there'll be some isolated stuff in my neighborhood you get a lot of fireworks you know like at the fourth of july and i'm sure we'll get those again uh on or before midnight all right that sounds like a good new year's even if you're not staying up new year's is actually one of my favorite holidays isn't that a weird holiday to be your favorite well it's sort of everybody's in kind of a party mood and they're and they're you know they make their new year's resolutions and yeah and some people hope they can wake up and remember what they said (laughs) (laughs) and try and try to forget it you know but but yeah, it's, it's a good holiday. It really is. I know. I think I like it because, first of all, in a normal year, New Year's usually involves dressing up and, you know, getting fancy and, and going out with friends. And obviously things will look different this year. But I still really enjoy the aspect of New Year's of kind of the reflection part of it, where you look back on 2020 and you look ahead and set goals and intentions for the new year. And, you know, I've been going over my things that I wrote on January 1st of 2020 and, you know, the things that I reflected on from 2019 and what I had hoped for for this year. And I just think that it's good to have a little moment of reflection and and intention and that that can set you up for for good things in the new year. Well, no, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with self-evaluation if you're honest with yourself. And and I'm sure you are, but that's that's part of it. Yeah, sure. You want to, uh, you know, what the old you know, John Lennon's song, you know, war is over. It's a Christmas, really a Christmas song, but you know, another year over, what have you done? And it's, you know, it, it's to me, it's, a, I, that's one of the reasons it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. And I you know, kind of think of it from time to time, not just at Christmas. Well, on that note, I have a reason for bringing that up because I want us to do a little bit of this reflection on behalf of the Lions on the podcast today. So, Mike, if you're the Lions and you're looking back at your year 2020, what did you learn in 2020? Uh, the team wasn't nearly as good as, as I thought it was going to be, not nearly as good as they thought it was going to be. And I think we are all looking for improvement um, from the second year under you know, Matt Patricia as head coach. And really, when you look at what they added in free agency, there weren't any big-time players. I'm going to use this phrase again. I've used it before, and so I, I never get tired of it. But Mike Ditka, the old coach of the Chicago Bears, you know, Hall of Fame player and coach, said you need show dogs to win in the National Football League. And that means the guys who are really standout players, standout performers. And that that's the Lions haven't added those. They didn't add them from last year, and they're, they're short on them. They really are. Uh 
and I think that what they thought was going to patch up the team and, 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 you know, sort of help build on some weaknesses turned out to be just the other way, other way around. I mean, who do they have up front defensively? A stopper, nobody. The secondary, they added, you know, a couple of, a couple of, you know, veteran defensive backs and neither one of them panned out uh, for whatever reason. Some are injuries and some are just, po- just poor, consistently poor performance. I mean, you're going to get beat in the National Football League. It's a passing league. And if you give, you know, a half a second extra time to the quarterback, they're going to carve you up. It's just the way it is. But, but the way that, the, the way the secondary, particularly in, in, you know, particularly deep in the secondary, the safety position, it's, it's been, it's been a nightmare. That's why they're so close right now to setting franchise records for, you know, points and yards allowed in the season. And people are comparing that to the 2008 season. Right, look, guys, stop right now. 0-16 stands by itself. Get more yards and points on a team that's going to finish either 6-10 and or 5-11 and does not compare to 2008. It does not not historically and not in anything relative to the way that that, that team and the players on it, what they had to go through and, and – and, on their resume for the rest of their athletic lives. So, but all in all, just, just not a good year period. Yeah. It's interesting. You bring up 2008 because, you know, we've heard some, some comparisons between this year's team and that one. Obviously I wasn't around for 2008. I didn't join the team until 2014. So I, I couldn't compare the two really, but it is interesting to hear your perspective that, you know, you feel like there there might be a little bit of a comparison there, but you still feel like it, it was tougher going for that 2018. Yeah, I, look, I don't think outside of just those statistics, the, you know, nobody's going to remember. For example, if I have my next door neighbor's a football fan, I'm not going to. If I ask him, you know, what was the Lions' score in 2008? He'll say 116. If I ask him how many yards the you know 2020 team gave up, he doesn't care. He said, well, they won five or six games. That's it's got nothing to do with it. And look, I get it. I I love putting stats together and all that. I mean, I started doing it back when I was working for the Detroit News. I had what I think I called it the stats pack, and I looked, I for, looked for the most arcane statistics I could find. <laughs> it just kind of fascinated me, really. And, and just some of them mean something, and some of them don't. And some of them are just for the pure pleasure of looking at and going, hey, I didn't know that. you know. But this thing about the point in the yards, it, 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 it stands the way they perform stands on its own. It doesn't have to be validated or invalidated by the yards and the points. But the idea that the one loss record it, that this team compares to 2008, not at all. I mean, you're talking about a team in the last four or five games really had very little chance to win. And they played as hard as they could. I mean, you're talking about guys just selling out. I remember when they got down to loss number 12 or 13, Jason Hansen, who you – I don't know if he was still active when you were when you came aboard, but no, I was, was here for the first year of Matt Prater. Okay, he was the kicker for like 20 years here, right. and, a, and a really smart guy. And they lost the game to go like 0 and 12 or something like that. And and Jason said, and he was a really a team spokesman too, which is unusual for a kicker. But he was such a measured and smart individual. He said, we he said we're, we're so bad, we finally have something to play for, which meaning not going 0 and 16. In fact, and I'll get off this high horse in a minute, but <laughs> a few seconds, whichever comes first. But their last game was against uh, against the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau, and it was Aaron Rodgers' first season as a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And I think they were 6-10 and 10 that year, something like that. Now, he was just starting to build his career then. He'd been on the bench for three years. He called a team meeting before that game. He said, look, we don't want to be the ones to lose to them. And the Lions, I mean, they just played their heart out in that game. A couple penalties got him. I think they finally lost by, by 14 points. But if you just looked at them 
at a moment in time and didn't know their record, you would not think that they were an 0-16 team, but that's how important it was to them to try to win that last game or even tie it and not be 0-16. So, like I said, the thing with the statistics, yeah, yeah, I get it and all that. It's it's a terrible defense. It's been put together all wrong. It's not a, it's not a 21st century defense. It's, it's something from, you know, 20 years ago when you get these big linebackers and all that, it hasn't kept pace with the development of national football Mm -hmm. league offenses at all. And that's probably, to me, that's probably been the biggest reason they haven't been able to stop anybody because they're not built to stop anybody. Yeah, that's a great point, Mike. And and someone asked me on my Tory's Take presented by Priority Health segment earlier this week, you know, who I felt the building blocks were going to be on defense moving forward. And my answer was kind of, you know, this defense was built for a very specific style and scheme. And so there will probably be a lot of turnover on defense. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and there, there always is. You know, when we were at, at the before last week's game on, on, on Sunday at, at, at Ford Field, it seems like we have like nine hours to kill because of all the stuff we have to do. But <laughs> but but I was just going through the the roster, you know, the, the active roster. In fact, this was after the game before Tim and I, Tim Twentyman and I, had it out. I just counted out to see how many guys were on the roster who weren't here last year, and I I think it was nineteen. That's now nineteen of the fifty-three players of the 53 man roster in game 15. That's so it, it goes to show you that there's always turnover in the national football league from year to year. But that's, that's, that's a pretty, to me, a pretty extreme number. Now I've already always heard that, you know, about a 30 year roster will turn on over on average. I think that's a little high, but, but you, you put it this way. You look at your, at the defense, the way it's put together, you name, name the players that you absolutely have to have on that defense back for next year. And, I, and I'll wait. I really will. I'll go get a cup of coffee while I'm waiting. Yeah, I mean, probably Romeo Okwara is your strongest yep. bet. Yep, yep. Uh, Trey Flowers, but he's never on the field. I like yeah. him. Great guy. I want everything he represents, both as an athlete and as a person, is admirable, admirable to me. But, but you know, he had a history of injuries with, uh, with the New England Patriots, and he brought that with him. When he's on the field, he's a pretty good player. Not a star, but a, a pretty good, solid football player who's – He's a plus player and been on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Availability is the best ability, as they say. And, and to add to what you were talking about with, you know, lessons learned in 2020, I think a big one for the Lions this last year was learning how to change course when what you had tried wasn't working. And that's no, what I, Sheila Ford Hamp did in making those changes. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think she did the right thing and, and, uh, when she made the change, uh, it was right after the Thanksgiving Day game, and I, I saw. I think it was M Live took that picture of her sitting up there in yeah. the owner's box or whatever with her head, her head in her hands. And I, when I saw that, somebody posted it on Twitter. I think it was Kyle Monkey, the beat writer for M Live. Pretty sure it was Kyle. Was really sharp with stuff like that, and most other things I might add, but don't tell him I said that. I was gonna say he better not listen to this because he can't hear you compliment him. <laughs> no, no, that's that's against the rules. But <laughs> I just I looked at that and I thought to myself, it's over. Yeah, that, that's over. That that's that's just the complete uh, resignation, dejection, disappointment, whatever you want to call it, from from uh, Sheila Hamp. You know, and and when I thought back to you know just 12 months ago or 11 months ago at the time, whatever it was, when the media sat in with her and Mrs. Ford, Martha Firestone Ford and, and, and Rod Wood, <clears throat> something, you know, a separate wave of interviews. And she said, she wants the team to, and she was, a, she was probably the loudest. When I say loudest, I don't mean in volume, but you know, the, 
had the most to say there. Right. Uh, she said that she wanted the team to be a contender and play meaningful games in December. And and she, also, I, I asked her specifically, will Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, are, are they a team in this? And she said, no, they'll be evaluated separately. Well, obviously, they both got fired on the same day, and her, her separate evaluation was, as she's now in her role as principal owner, was that neither one lived up to what she wanted. Right. Let me do that. Just one thing, though. I don't think anybody agrees with me on this, but I think when when Bob Quinn was drafting players for Jim Caldwell's team, they were nine and seven. You know, it was a, it was a faster team, smarter team, a better team, and was nine and seven good enough? No, I you know I look I I got it. I didn't. Yeah, I, agree. I, I, I didn't think it was good enough either, but he drafted and signed players for Matt Patricia's defense, and it never worked. Right. Not from the beginning and not to the end. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a hard lesson for a leader to learn is how to change things when what you had invested in wasn't working. It can be tempting right. to you know, keep going and say, no, this will work, this will work, uh, but they had to change course this year, and I think that was a very important lesson uh, to have taken away from 2020 that, that should help this team in the future. Troy, can I just add one thing, too? And, and I, you know, any number of people said, why not just ride it out and, and keep them? My answer to that is there's going to be competition for general managers and head coaches. And in the early, if you, if you, if you've made up your mind to do it, then do it and start the interview process. And I think, I mean, teams like Atlanta and, and Houston who fired their coaches and, and in some cases, general managers, I guess both. Yeah. You know, the week four and week five were already had started that process, but I don't think the Detroit Lions want to be behind like Jacksonville and Carolina and some other teams that, that, that fired their, uh, fired their GMs you want to you want to start that process and they've already had you know three four weeks of interviewing right and planning and all that done they're not just starting from scratch it's not like you know firing them on January 2nd and going or January 3rd or 4th and going oh well what do we do now no no they already know what they're doing now and part of that what they're doing now is to me a very important hire of, of Chris Spielman as right. the uh, as a, 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 a special assistant to Rod Wood and to Sheila Hamp. And we talked all about Chris Spielman a couple of podcast episodes yep. ago. So if you guys want to hear more on our thoughts on that, <laughs> go back and listen to that episode. Bet MGM, an official partner of the Detroit Lions, is coming soon to Michigan. But you can sign up early and get $100 in free sports bets and $100 in free casino bets with bonus code LIONS. Be ready for the action the moment BetMGM goes live. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com to get a total of $200 in free bets with bonus code LIONS. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. I want to look ahead to 2021 resolutions because we know that everybody needs to make those, including the Lions, and set some goals for 2021. Obviously, Mike, you and I aren't setting the official goals for the Lions, but if we were to say these are some goals for the Lions in 2021, these are their 2021 resolutions, what would they be? Well, first of all, pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do, you. Give them, you do give them the recipe for the game plan every week on our pregame show. Yep, and we'll do that again on Sunday, but uh, and also in my final thoughts column on DetroitLions.com and the stuff that Tim Twentyman writes as well. You know, Tori, the num number one to me would be settle the Matthew Stafford issue one way or the other. And you know, Sheila Hamp said when 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 uh, uh, she, in her last interview, somebody asked about 
Matthew Stafford's future, and she said that'll be up to the the next head coach and general manager. Right. I know she I don't know if she said general manager, but that's I know that's what she meant. Look, I've heard all this stuff about you can't trade Matthew Stafford now because of the salary cap implications and all that. I get all that. But I'm saying this, if you if you think look, we're just gonna hang out one more year with, with Matthew Stafford and then we're gonna do it, then all you're doing is 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 putting the problem off for another year and then you're going to do it. No, get those players now. Get because because in another year in 2020 in 2002, you'll have had a year of development with those with with whatever assets you get in a trade for Matthew Stafford. So if you're going to do it and if you think you're going to do it, then do it. And so okay, so you've got a hole in your salary cap. Okay. It's not like this team is going to win win in 2021, I don't think. I and mean, I don't think it's built that way. You ought to take a yeah. tremendous turnaround. Yeah. And, and and you have the Green Bay Packers looming ahead of you, and they're like, they're, they look to me like they're going to fall apart anytime soon. So if you're going to do it, do it. Now, having said all that, as you know, I'm a big Matthew Stafford fan in every way, and I would keep him, and I would build my team to where the quarterback is just a it's, it's a given, and you build the rest of it, and you know build a defense, build a running game. I mean, it's. It, <laughs> Here we are talking about building the running game and the leading rusher is 35 years old. He's got 500 yards. I mean, come on, stop deluding yourself. You don't have it. Get yeah. the get that get that stuff done. Yeah, I think for me the biggest resolution for 2021 is building for the future. I mean, you yep. said it, Mike. It would be really tough for this team to win in 2021, especially because they've just kind of blown up the scheme and and the way that they're drafting and and who's coaching the team. So all of that is going to change, and you don't typically make those turnarounds in one year when it's such a drastic change from the direction you were going. So I think for Lions fans and, and for the Lions, it's important to kind of keep that mindset of, okay, what we're doing here is developing for the future. And, you know, whether that be at quarterback, Mike, or whether that be, you know, on defense, because it's going to take some time to replenish this defense because it's pretty depleted. So, you know, I, I think that that's an important expectation to hold for this year. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. How many how many guys on defense are guys that you absolutely have to have back? I mean, the, I, Trey Flowers, you know, part of it because of the contract and part of it because he plays pretty pretty well when he's healthy. And Romeo O'Quara, depending on what he can get in free agency, he's, you know, he's, he's all those metrics and all that, he ranks pretty high as a pass rusher. He's got nine sacks going into the, into the last game. I think one thing that's been proven, and, and I don't think it gets enough attention, is that you know, in some offenses, you have to draft receivers to help the quarterback. Not with Matthew Stafford. You look who he throws to yeah. in his career. Marvin Jones Jr. is is a re- really good wide receiver. You know, and this might be his last year. I mean, who knows? It sort of looks that way. But he's, he's flourished with Matthew Stafford. So is Kenny Galladay, who's not a speed not a speed threat. Got hurt this year. Quintez Cephas, a kid who's a fifth or sixth round draft pick who runs a four seven five forty, looks like a prospect with Matthew Stafford. Danny Amendola got two more years out of his career. T.J. Hawkinson, the second year tight end, drafted eighth overall a year ago, goes to the Pro Bowl. Matthew Stafford does just fine with whoever you give him. Yeah. Build the rest of your team, okay? Build the rest of your team so you've got a defense that knocks people out, knock, knocks the ball out of people's hands, gets sacks, gets turnovers. And the next thing you know, like they did again in Chicago in the last game they won, you got first and goal at the seven and you win the game. Yep. All right, Mike, 
I do want to touch on this next game, this final game of the season, before we close out the podcast here. Obviously, it's against another team that doesn't have any playoff implications on the line themselves. So it's two teams that are basically playing to finish their season strong and to see what these guys can put on tape. What do you expect from this matchup between the Lions and Vikings? I'm sure they'll start out. They'll give it what they have, and whoever gets the lead will probably probably win going away. It's just sort of the nature of the last game when you've got teams with with losing records and, and, and issues. You know, the, the you know Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the of the Vikings, was on the conference call interview this week, and he talked about some of the problems that had beset the team. And what a lot of like a lot of other teams, it's it's injuries. You know, they had 38 or 39 sacks last year. They've got 22 this year, and they top two guys from last year, Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter. One had 14, the other one had eight. That's that's 22 sacks from two guys. Neither one of them who's on the roster right now, as many sacks as they have as a team this year. So from their standpoint, plus they're playing without Delvin Cook, whose father uh, passed away. Just a tremendous football player. He really is the running back, I think, from Florida State. Yep. Um, uh, you might be acquainted with him from his days when he, when they used to beat Florida regularly. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> I, didn't, I just said that. I didn't know if they did or not. Uh... But a tremendous football player. He ran for 206 yards and two touchdowns. When the Lions beat the uh, Lions, lost to the Vikings in the first meeting in, in in Minnesota. So that's for the the Vikings. I think I think they'll give it what they've got. They've got really a couple of good receivers in Adam Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson, uh, the son, by the way, of Sean Jefferson, yeah. who finished his career here in Detroit and then went into coaching here in Detroit. And really, inch for inch, pound for pound, one of the toughest football players I've ever covered in my life, Sean Jefferson. Now, if you want to be tough, stand next to him, and he'll show you what it's like. <laughs> For the Lions, the whole thing is Matthew Stafford going to play. Look, I, I depart with my comrades in arms. If he's healthy, play him. That's what you work for. That's what you That's what you prepare for. That's what you do. And that's his I mean, mindset too. Right. So let him play. Now, if he's if, if he's compromised physically and he and, and puts himself at risk, then okay, don't. But leave it up to the medical people. Let's not take a vote of of, of the media and see if it's okay, if it's stupid, if it's dumb, and all that. But let him play, and if you want to play him a half or three quarters or all the whole four quarters, however it's going, then go ahead and do it. That, that's what he does. For the Lions, you know, just play. Don't don't do what you did last week on national TV against the New England. Uh, against I keep I keep wanting to call uh, the, the Bucks the New England Patriots because of Tom Brady, <laughs> but but don't. That was awful. That was absolutely awful. You yeah. watch that defense. They didn't even get down in a position to tackle. They weren't even they weren't even in position to arm tackle. Ugh. It was awful. Just yeah. awful. Yeah. I mean, the Lions were awful. in a really tough position last week. They were kind of set up to, to have a struggle of a time. So, you know, can't blame them too much for, you know, the position that they were in, considering the coaches having to quarantine and everything like that. It was going to be a tall order for them to beat the Bucks. Well, the coaches weren't quarantined the week before, and they gave up 45 or 46 <laughs> uh, to, to the Tennessee Titans. So no excuses to me for lack of effort. None. Fair, fair. All right. Well, now it is game time. It is our final huh. Mike's Pick of the Week presented by MGM Grand Detroit, the king of sports books. Mike, what kind of chips are you laying out on the table and who's going to win this one? I'm just going to make a mind bet. I'm not going to risk any money. That's my that's my <laughs> New Year's resolution. Why? I'm not going to bet on or against the Detroit Lions. I'm going to get some black chips. I'm going to get some green chips and maybe a couple of reds, a few reds. And I'm going to keep him in my pocket and play blackjack. <laughs> As for the Detroit Lions, I, I just see the Vikings in this game. I, 
not for any reason except the, they're a better team right now. And I'll, I'll take the Vikings uh, 35-21. All right, Mike. We've loved having you pick these games on the podcast all season long. We've loved chatting with you every week. We'll do another one next week, kind of breaking down the season. Uh, but I really appreciate you hanging out with me all 2020 season long, and I hope you have a wonderful 2021, and I'll see you Sunday. Sounds good to me, and thanks for all the uh, breakfasts on Wednesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> I appreciate it. Anytime. That's what I'm here for, Mike. All right. Thanks. Guys, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you. Happy New Year to all of you, and we will see you in 2021. BetMGM, an official partner of the Detroit Lions, is coming soon to Michigan. But you can sign up early and get $100 in free sports bets and $100 in free casino bets with bonus code LIONS. Be ready for the action the moment BetMGM goes live. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com to get a total of $200 in free bets with bonus code LIONS. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons.